You're listening to The Riverwalk, a ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's message, we're going to talk about how we make things complicated. We're going to look at the story of Gideon beginning in Judges chapter 6 and how Gideon made things so much more complicated than he had to. At the end of today's episode, I hope you understand that you don't have to make some decisions complicated. Really, there's some things that are very uncomplicated. Thanks. I hope you enjoy. I'm going to look at a passage in your Bible today in the Old Testament, a passage in the book of Judges. Judges is found very early in the Old Testament. Uh, After the Exodus, after Moses, came Joshua, and after Joshua came the time of Judges. We've been studying Judges on Wednesday night, Uh, those of you that have been able to come, and my heart's been blessed by it. And one of my favorite judges, one of my favorite characters in the whole Bible is a man named Gideon. And uh, Gideon did great things. Gideon was a mighty warrior. He went out and defeated a lot of people. He did great things with just himself and a few. But Gideon's story starts off very strange. He starts off making things a whole lot more complicated than they had to be. We just got back from vacation you know what makes a good vacation to me? Is I get to get away and it gets to be a very uncomplicated time. The whole week while we were gone, the most complicated decision we had to make is where do we eat? Take it easy. We don't think about much. We don't make things very complicated on vacation. But when we get back, when it comes to being a Christian... We make things very, very complicated. And when I read the story of Gideon, I see a man chosen for great things, but I also see a man who makes things far, far more complicated than they had to be. And then you fast forward to the day in 2019, and I see the same thing in myself. I see the same thing in much of you. I see the same thing in the church today. I see a church full of people who God has chosen to do great, great things. God's chosen you for a specific purpose. But so often, so often, we make things so, so much more complicated. So complicated that we never live up to our potential. We never live up to what God has called us to do. And we're going to look through the story of Gideon, and I don't think you'll be able to deny it when you leave here today how Gideon made things so complicated. Let me just give you an example. A young person makes a profession of faith today. They make things so complicated about whether they should be baptized or not. It's not a complicated decision. Then a a young person gets baptized and they go to school and they ask the question, Well, were you baptized in Jesus' name? That's not even a question in the Bible. Yeah, no, I mean, I was baptized. That's what the Bible says to do to follow up with it. Then you're making it more complicated than that. Well, did you speak tongues after you were baptized? And see, it just keeps going on and we keep making things more and more complicated. And the truth is, being a Christian is a very, very simple thing. It's not that complicated at all. And we'll explore that later. But let's first, let's start looking at Gideon's life. And I'm going to read most of Judges chapter 6. In Judges chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Don't forget that. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years, and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel 
Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, the strongholds, which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up. Also Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey, for they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave their land. Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not obeyed my voice. In verse 11, we see the new judge arising. It says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joaz the Asbarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord returned to him and said, Go in the smite of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites. Then he said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out of my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket and he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, The Lord is peace to this day. It is still in Ophrah of the Asbarites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image that is beside it, and build an altar of the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement, and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of 
of the image which you shall cut down. So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household, the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. In the next few verses, Gideon goes and he keeps his word. He destroys the altar. And then pick back up in verse 36. It says, So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, Look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew all on the ground. Wow, what a lot of reading in chapter 6. A lot of reading. Gideon was chosen by God. He saw the actual angel of the Lord. He was scared. And you know, I read chapter 6, and chapter 6, what did it end up being? It ended up being 40 verses. But really, I think Judges chapter 6 should have really been only about 5 verses. If Gideon would have done what he should have done, he should have just said, Okay, Lord, you're calling me. I'm going to go. But Gideon didn't do that. Gideon made things so, so very complicated, just like we do today. I study this and I see a few things Gideon did right off the bat, a few things we do today. First off, first off, I see that Gideon complicated God's relationship with his nation. With his nations. In verse 13, this is a question we all ask. Gideon said to him, who's he talking to? He's talking to the angel of the Lord. He says, oh my Lord. If the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? If the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? You know, Gideon, I don't know how old he was, but Gideon should have known full well why God had did that to them. The answer to that question was answered right in verse 1. Right at the very beginning, the author leaves no question, why had all that happened? Because the children of Israel did evil. And where did they do it? They didn't do it out of the sight of the Lord. They didn't do it by their self. They did it right in the sight of the Lord. Today, a lot of people are asking that question. If the Lord is with us, why? Why is all this stuff happening? If the Lord is with me, why am I going through this tribulation? Well, let me tell you something. It's not because the Lord has left you. It's because you've left the Lord most of the time. God doesn't leave His children. His children leave Him. And that's exactly what Israel had done here. We complicate things today when we get so far away from our relationship with Christ, we don't even consider that maybe, just maybe, it's us that's left Him. If you're a Christian, you should take great comfort in the fact that Jesus promised that He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And Jesus doesn't break His promises. But so, so, so many times we do just like Israel did. Just like Israel did, right in verse 1. And we willingly just walk away just like they did. So here's the thing this morning. Let's make this a little bit uncomplicated. Here's the uncomplicated truth. If you walk away from God, you and others around you will suffer. This morning, 
last night all in the news. The question is why? Why are these shootings happening? Why are people getting murdered? Why is there all this crime? And I just truly believe it's not that God's left America. It's that America is just starting to leave God. I don't know anything about the shooter yesterday, but I know this much. He's 21 years old. For a child born in 1999, just assume he went to a public school. He has not been taught that he was made in the image of God. He has not been taught that he is loved by his creator. He's not been taught to love other people as Jesus loved him. No, he's been taught since the very, very beginning of his life. His life and all of us are just insignificant clumps of cells. It's the mother's right to terminate his life. So, hey, why isn't it his right to terminate somebody else's life? He's been taught since the very beginning, since grade school, that he's not important. He just evolved from a bunch of animals. So at the end of the day, he's an animal too. He's been taught that there isn't anything better, that this is the best there is. He's been taught that he needs to live his best life now. So how is he going to do that? It doesn't come with a relationship with the Creator because there isn't one according to what children are taught in public schools nowadays. He's been taught that the family isn't important. He's been taught that, hey, a father isn't important because, hey, you can have two moms now. You can have two dads now. You can have a mother and four moms. The relationship of a family isn't important at all. And that is exactly what America is teaching your children. Why is this kind of stuff happening? Why, why, why? Let me tell you. It could be for a number of reasons, but I can promise you one thing. One of the reasons is because America has done evil in the sight of the Lord. We make things so complicated. But the truth is, let me just break it down for you. That's like somebody smoking their whole life and getting surprised that they have lung cancer. I'm not preaching against smoking, but the warnings are all in the box. If you want to smoke, that's a warning that you're willing to take. And let me tell you something. If you want to do evil in the sight of the Lord, that's a risk that you're willing to take. And I would really caution you against that. Why is my family falling apart? Why is my wife wanting to leave me? Well, just maybe, just maybe it's you leaving your wife. I don't know the situation. But I know sometimes we make things far more complicated than they have to be. But Gideon didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. He, he complicated God's answer to prayer. In verse 7, we see that God starts uh, to intervene. In verse 7, it says, It came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites. Finally, the Israelites, finally, they came to their senses. Finally, they say, man, things are going crazy. Finally, they say, okay, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to cry out. But you know what? God's answer to that prayer came in a way that Gideon just didn't expect. In verses 14 through 16, the Lord turned to him and he says, Have I not sent you? Here's the thing. These Israelites that were crying out, Gideon was one of them. I believe out of the people that were crying out, I believe I see a young Gideon, probably not that very big, the least in his father's house. I see Gideon saying, God, please send somebody. Please, Lord, please heal us of this. And Gideon, he knew about Moses. We read that. He said, I know about these stories. I know about you bringing us up out of Egypt. I know about Moses. I know about Joshua. And I know how God chose them. 
But God choosing Gideon, that's just something that Gideon just can't come to grips with. The uncomplicated truth is that you may be the answer to your own prayers. Here's the thing. Let's make it uncomplicated this morning. It's never, ever, ever the man or the woman. It's God working through the man or the woman. God created the universe. He conquered death. He can use the least of us. Many of you here, you might be praying for a great revival. You might be praying for a great evangelist. Well, guess what? You may be the great evangelist. You may be praying that God would share Jesus with a brother, with a sister, with a best friend. Guess what? God might be saying, you go. And you're complicated and said, Lord, how can you send me? I've never been to seminary. I don't know how to share the gospel. The uncomplicated truth is that God often chooses the ordinary to accomplish the extraordinary. Gideon complicated his relationship with the Savior. Apparently, Gideon just thought that God was just going to abandon him in the midst of a battle. Read this close. Look in verse 14. At the end of that, right before verse 15, the Lord says to him, Have I not sent you? I'm the one sending you. Verse 16, the Lord says, Surely I will be with you. So many times we get called to do something. We get called to share the gospel. We get called to surrender to ministry. We get called to pray at the altar. We get called to be baptized. We get called for this or with that. And we just think that, hey, God's just going to... God's just going to abandon us after the call. That's what Gideon thought. But it could not be more clear that, hey, once you have the Holy Spirit living inside you, it's there forever, and God's not going to just abandon you. But let's just share an uncomplicated truth this morning. And here's the thing, is that sometimes God calls us to do some pretty scary things. It's scary it's scary to make the walk to this altar and give your life to Christ. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's scary to make a public profession of faith. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's scary to share your faith with somebody. It takes a little bit of courage. It shouldn't be, but it is. It's scary to take on the, the task of teaching a Sunday school class. It's scary to, to share Jesus with a friend. It's scary to lead a Bible school. It's scary to start some kind of ministry. It's scary. Hey, George Ray, I admire you for singing. That's something that scares me to death. Shouldn't be, but it is. But here's the uncomplicated truth. If you're a child of God, God's equipped you for good works. And you're equipped to do whatever He's calling you to do. And here's the uncomplicated truth. God does not send you to any task or into any battle alone. He didn't tell Gideon just once. He told him twice. Have I not sent you? Surely I'll be with you. I'm going with you. Don't worry about it. Folks, if God's on your side, who can be against you? And it doesn't stop there with Gideon. I, I find this last part of the story, verses 36 through 40, just so amazing. And it's, it's funny 
before this, before he tears down the altar, the Lord's conversing with him. He says, you know what, bring me a sacrifice. I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then at the end of the chapter, Gideon says, don't be angry at me, but let me just try this one more time. Let me just put this fleece on the ground so it works that way. He goes, okay, maybe that's just a coincidence. Let me flip the fleece. Let me try it this way. And what's funny about this is I don't see God even respond to this. And I I could be wrong. This is thus saith Kevin, not thus saith the Bible. But I picture God just kind of rolling his eyes. I imagine him saying, really Gideon? Really? How many times have I got to tell you? I've equipped you for this. It's going to be okay, but whatever. Here's the fleece, I'll make it wet. Here's the ground, I'll make it wet. Whatever it's going to take. And that's what we do today. Isn't it amazing that after all God had seen, after all Gideon had seen do through his own hands... He had seen how God took over. He had seen how God took the offering. He had seen how God helped him tear down the altar. He had seen the very angel of the Lord. I mean, he had an actual conversation with this person. And yet, right here again, he's having trouble trusting God. He complicates his trust in God. And I would argue today that most of us do the exact same thing. We've seen God perform miracles. We believe in a risen Savior. But when it comes to God calling us to do something, anything, I mean absolutely anything, we complicate our trust in Him. I mean, just today we read off the prayer list about a young lady who's cured of cancer. That's, that's a miracle. Since I've, since I've been here, we know a young lady who was shot in the head who's walking around just fine today. That's a miracle. And if none of that, we believe in a risen Savior that, that died and rose again. What bigger miracle can you possibly believe in? I mean, think about that. Gideon saw all these miracles, and yet he just made things so complicated. How do we do that today? Well, God, well, Jesus... I believe you created the universe. I believe you lived a perfect life. I believed you died and you rose again. I believe you're coming back. But I just can't believe you can use little old me to make a difference. You can do all that, but you you can't use me. There's no way. I know that you did that. I know I've seen where you've cured cancer. I've seen where you've just defied the odds. I've seen miracles happen. But I don't believe giving my tithes and offerings. I don't believe that makes a difference. No, you can't do that, Lord. Well, hey, I I know. I believed you walk on water. I believe this Bible to be true. I believe that you walked on the Sea of Galilee. I believe that you fed thousands with just thousands with just a few loads, loaves. But I don't think I need to be baptized. That part about me doesn't apply to my life. I believe the Bible when it says Jesus said Lazarus come forth. I believe you actually called somebody right out of the grave. But I just don't think you would call somebody like me to teach a Sunday school class. I don't think you would ask somebody like me to pray aloud. I don't think you'd ask somebody like me to lead. You can't do that. Oh, I believe everything in that Bible. But I just don't believe your blood can save a sinner like me. When we have that kind of attitude, we give Gideon such a hard time. 
And it just sounds so ridiculous. But hey, if Gideon could be here this morning, what would Gideon say? I believe Gideon would say, hey, you guys are giving me a hard time. You wake up this morning and you're worshiping a risen Savior and you're doing the exact same thing that I did. You're not trusting God. You're trusting what God did. You're not trusting what God wants to do. God's got a plan for you. God didn't call us just to sit on the sidelines. When you read the book of Judges, we see a pattern taking place. And we studied this on Wednesday nights. And a pattern takes place through every nation. You see a nation rebel. You see a nation repent. A nation get restored. But it's the same thing in a person's life. A person repents, a person gets restored, or a person can walk away, or a person can just remain outside the family forever, and it's not that complicated. You're somewhere in the circle this morning. Where are you at? The uncomplicated truth is you can trust Him this morning. You can trust in His Word this morning. Everything the Bible says is totally trustworthy. Whatever God is leading you to do, whatever decision that the Lord's leading you to make, it may seem so insignificant to you, or it may seem just so impossible to you, but you can trust Him. What are you complicating in your life this morning? I hope you enjoyed today's episode about Gideon. In what ways are you like Gideon? Are you making some things complicated when they don't have to be? Can I share with you some uncomplicated truths? Hey, it's very clear in the Bible that Jesus loves you just the way you are. It's very clear in the Bible, it's very uncomplicated that you're not perfect, you'll never be perfect. Because of that, we need a Savior, the perfect Savior, Jesus. It's uncomplicated to understand the plan of salvation, the gospel. And that's just to admit to Jesus that you need a Savior, to trust in Him, to believe that He rose from the dead, to call on Him, to ask for forgiveness of your sins. And the very uncomplicated, greatest truth of all is that you can have life, have it more abundantly, and have eternal life. If you've enjoyed this episode, if you have any decisions, I encourage you to reach out. Email us at brbcliddyville at gmail.com. Hope you have a great week.